Welcome to the OA Virtual Kitchen Sink Meeting Podcast. Visit the Los Angeles Intergroup at oalaig.org for information on how to join our meeting live and how to donate to support this meeting and our podcasts. The opinions expressed on the Kitchen Sink Podcast are those of the individual speakers and do not represent OA as a whole. And now, our speaker. Hi again, for those who came in after I introduced myself, I'm Jessica, I'm a compulsive overeater and a very grateful member of Overeaters Anonymous. I thank Ellie for asking me to speak today. I haven't been to this meeting in a long, long time, but I see a lot of faces who were here when I first came into program, and that gives me hope because um, they led the way, and I'm already crying, Ellie. Um, And I'm, you know, I have, um, I joined this program in 2007. I have 15 years plus abstinence, working on my 16th year, God willing, and the creek don't rise. I, um, I am a sugar addict. I've always been a sugar addict. I came in this program weighing 185 pounds, and I'm going to show you a couple of pictures here, if I can do that, without making a mess. Uh, I don't think I can do it. I'm sorry. I was going to show you pictures, but there are security issues here. I can't figure out how to do it. Uh, Jessica, try, try now. I've just given you permission. Say that again? I have just given you permission, so you should be able to share your screen now. Okay. It says open system preferences. Oh, that's different. That's your computer then. Carry on. There's nothing yeah, I can do about not going to be able to do that. Anyway, wasting time here. Um, I was 185 pounds and five foot one. So if you can picture that, and there are a lot of people in this room who saw me when I first came in and they know what I looked like. And um, I was completely, my life was man, un, completely unmanageable when I came in. And I also was very hopeless. So for the newcomers, all I can tell you is that whatever your head tells you, you don't have to listen to that because if you do what I did was just hang around for a while and listen and learn, miracles happen here. And um, I now weigh 115 pounds and not very good in math, but I think that's 70 pound weight loss that I've been maintaining for quite a, more than a decade. And um, I'm very grateful for that. When I first came here, I couldn't get from eight o'clock to 10 o'clock in the morning without eating sugar. And I made every vow that there was. And today I'm not gonna eat carbs. I'm just gonna eat salad and all this stuff. and. By 10 o'clock, I, I was in the sugar. And for me, once I'm in the sugar, then it's the, the game is already over. So then it's a sugar all day long. And that's the way I lived my life. And um, I wasn't always an over compulsive overeater, but I was always a sugar addict. And for many years, I was able to maintain my weight or lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight. I call my story thin, fat, thin, fat, thin, fat, sane. 
that's that's my story. Um, I was on a, my first diet at the age of 11 and my last diet at the age of 50. And everywhere in between there, I was every different size. I had an accordion wardrobe according to how much I weighed. And um, I really never thought I was a compulsive overeater, although I had many opportunities to see that in my behavior. One time, I, I was young, I was like 20 something, I was in college and I had cookies and I ate a whole sleeve of cookies and with milk. And so when I ran out of milk, I'd have more cookies. And then if I ran out of cookies, I'd have more milk. And I ate the whole thing. And I thought, this is really weird. And then I went on with my life. And I had incidents like that throughout my life. I'd go to the store and I'd buy cookies. It's always cookies. Cookies are very important to me. Um, big, big cookies at the store, a dozen of cookies. And I lived by myself, but I needed a dozen cookies. And so on the way from the store to the car, you had one down the hatch. And then on the way home, I had another one down the hatch. And these are big, like five inch diameter cookies. And when I got home, I kept on eating these cookies. And I remember crying. I was so, the, the cookies stopped tasting like cookies. They were tasting like dough and ingredients. I could taste the ingredients. And I'm crying thinking, why can't I stop eating these cookies? As I was shoving another cookie down my throat, I'm like, why can't I stop? I guess I was maybe 30 by then, so that's another decade. So these are the kinds of incidents that I had that told me in advance that I'm, I'm headed for this program, but I didn't pay any attention to it. I just kept on going on with my life. And um, you know, I was successful in my life. I had a career, 30-year career in journalism. I had husbands, plural, and um, child, and friends, and activities. I was a dancer. I was a writer. I, you know, I had a good life. And I could not control the sugar thing that was going on with me. And I'm went to every program that there was, Jenny Craig's, Nutrisystem, Stillman's, Atkins, the family circle had a new diet every month, so I tried that. I did grapefruit and bacon diet. That was the worst one that I was ever on. They said, if you want to lose 10 pounds for one week, eat bacon and grapefruit. And I did, and I didn't lose one ounce. I was so mad. I was angry. I was furious. I was like, I want my money back. And you know what? That's how crazy cuckoo I am. And I'm still crazy cuckoo. And I'm always going to be crazy cuckoo. And that's why I keep coming to these meetings. Because I get bright ideas. I'm really smart. There's a saying in this program, you cannot be too dumb to work these steps, but you can definitely be too smart to work these steps. And I'm in that category. I was too smart to do anything that anyone told me. And my poor daughter, sponsor was so patient with me and so kind to me and just willing to wait for me to finally get my act together and just follow a direction. <laughs> that took a year maybe for her to do that. And she would say, can you pray? I'm like, no, nah, not really. I can't pray. I don't pray. And uh, one of the reasons why I didn't pray is because I didn't really have a higher power, or so I thought. And I didn't want a higher power and I didn't want anything to do with God, which is why I came to this program at a very late age in my life. I was 61 when I came into this program. 
and really not teachable for a former teacher. And I, she'd say, do you think we could meditate? I'm like, I can't meditate. She'd say, do you think it could exercise? I'm like, no, you know what? I can tell you all about exercise. I used to be a physical education teacher. I know everything about exercise. I don't exercise. And one by one, I just did those things. And just one day, I don't know what happened to me. I put on my shoes and I walked out the door and I just walked for 20 minutes. And then I was so exhausted from that 20 minute walk. I was just like worn out. And uh, by the way, I'm carrying 185 pounds around with me. So I'm just like, like this. And I was sitting outside in a patio with my eyes closed, just recovering from my great exercise experience. And I sat there for about 10 minutes. And when I opened up my eyes and I thought, I just meditated. So I did exercise and meditation all in one day. And it just started happening. I learned how to pray. I prayed because I was desperate. I was just desperate. The first prayer that I learned was, well, of course, the serenity prayer, but the first prayer that I actually learned in program was the third step prayer. And the only reason I learned it was because everybody in the meeting was saying it and I didn't know what they were saying and I didn't want to appear dumb. So I learned the prayer. I wasn't on step three, but I just learned the prayer. And um, I was in Cancun, uh, my niece's wedding, she had a destination wedding in Cancun, and my whole family was there, and they were driving me insane. I was like nine months abstinent off of sugar, so I had no place to go there, and I started praying. I started saying the serenity prayer. I needed the serenity prayer to just get me through the day, and thank God that the Caribbean Sea was right in front of me, and I considered that where my higher power lives is in the Caribbean Sea, because that's the first time I ever spoke to my higher power. And I like to talk a little bit about higher power. Higher power is something that I avoided for most of my life. God, specifically God, and specifically organized religion. I'm not really religious. I don't have a, I don't have a whole set of beliefs around that, but I do believe in spiritual guidance. I believe in having a higher power. And at first, I didn't even know I had a higher power. I know I didn't want one, but I didn't know I had one. And I'm going to give you a spoiler alert here. If you want to know where your higher power is, don't look out there. Look at page 55 in the big book. It's, it will tell you where your higher power is. And um, it was it's deep within me. And when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, the heavens opened. I didn't have to look anymore. I didn't have to think about it anymore. I have been blessed with a higher power that I trust. I don't know what it is. I don't understand why it is. But I know for a fact that there are things that happened to me, including joining Overeaters Anonymous, that did not come from my own actions or thoughts. They occurred in my life without my help. And I consider that the work of a higher power. I would not be here today if it wasn't for a friend of mine who was a friend before she was in program and before I was in program. And she joined OA. And she would talk about these meetings and saying, oh, they're the most fabulous speakers, so inspiring. And all the stuff that was going on in these meetings, I'm like, what is he talking about at these meetings? What could they possibly have to say? And um, 
she just, you know, they say it's a program of attraction rather than promotion. Well, she was really baiting the hook there. And I was falling for it. I was like, I'll take that. So finally, she gave me a copy of the 12-stepper and um, to try and find a meeting to go to. And at this time, I was already abstinent. I came in this program abstinent on my first day. And I've been abstinent from eating sugar for 15 and a half years. So that's not my problem. Sugar is not my problem. Sugar is my solution. When all else fails, I go for sugar. Once I stopped doing that, then I was able to think about other things. Anyway, so she, she starts telling me about these meetings and I'm just so curious. So finally, she actually got in a car and came to my house and brought me to a meeting because I could not get here under my own steam. I was unable to get to an OA meeting. I have a car. And there was meetings right near my house. I couldn't get there. I needed somebody else to take me. And thank God for her. And that's my higher power. My higher power puts this woman in my life way before I met. I, I knew anything about OA. And when I was ready, she was there. And she brought me to my first meeting. And in my first meeting, I heard exactly what I needed to hear. There was a person who was speaking um, who said, And then I realized I couldn't eat sugar anymore. And I thought, ding, 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 ding. That's what I've been doing wrong all these years. I go on all these diets, and then I go back to the way I was eating. So if I just don't eat sugar anymore, maybe I have a chance to recover. And and then I, that meeting was so amazing and changed my life. And then three months later, I went to my second meeting because I, I'm a slow learner. And um, I'm not a slow learner. I'm a, sl- a late bloomer, I would say. It took me three months to get my butt to another meeting and sit in a chair. And that was a person speaking at the podium who had 19 years of no sugar. These numbers were inconceivable to me. I had six months of no sugar. And I had done that many times before, but I always blew it because the minute I take one bite of a small little brownie about as big as that, I'm gone. I'm just history for, for a couple of months till I finally come up for air. And um, and then I, I, I went to meetings and about three months later, so now I'm nine months absent at this point, I think, you know what, I think maybe I need a sponsor. It took me that long to get a sponsor because I'm a late bloomer and I know. Five minutes. Thank you. And I know everything. So if there's anything you want to just ask me, I know everything. One of the first things I heard in this meeting and the person is here today said, I was two years absent at the time, said, you really don't know anything until you're 10 years old in this program. And I'm like, oh my God, 10 years, I'm only two. This is going to take a long time. And so I, I, I made it to 10 years. And that person spoke in another meeting on my 10th birthday, which I was celebrating at this me- at a meeting. And he said, you really don't know anything until you're 20 years in this program. I was so mad. I'm, <laughs> I thought, and you know what? I'm 15 years in the program and I still don't know anything. Every day I realize I don't know anything. I can't control almost everything. There's probably very few things I can control. 
in my life. And I can't control whether or not I'm going to eat sugar today, as John mentioned earlier in his share. That's, I have no power over that. I have lost the power of choice when it comes to sugar. I can't stop eating it even when I want to, even when I'm shoving the cookie down my throat. I can't stop. The only thing that works, what Carol read, these are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. And they are suggested like if you're in the ocean and you're drowning and I come along with a life preserver and I throw it out to you, I suggest that you grab onto it. And you're not going to be drowning in the ocean saying, you know what, I was really hoping for a blue life preserver and not a red one. So I just think I'll pass until, uh, no, that's not going to work. You're going to go down, baby. So working the steps. Stop myself from having to be perfect at everything. Just like give that up. That's something I, I, I can't do. And it's very disappointing to me, but I can't be perfect. And just do it one day at a time and follow directions and ask for help. I had to learn how to ask for help. And I have found that if you ask for help, people will give it to you. People are always happy to help you. There's hardly anybody that I have ever met and I'd say, could you help me? And they would say, no, really, I'm not helping you. That, that never happens. People want to help other people. And in this room, there's something like 65 people here today. One of those people is bound to help you if you need help. So just don't be afraid to open up your mouth and say, I can't do this. I need help. And take the red, blue, green, yellow, whatever color the life preserver is, work the steps and good things will happen to you. You get the promises, you get the, oh, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of promises in the big book, which I have studied for many years. There's so many promises in there and they all happen. And they happen because I do this program every single day. And I'm sure somebody's gonna ask me during the question period what I do every day because I don't have time to tell you right now all the stuff that I do every day. So I think I, it's like it's 9.30, I think I'll stop right there. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. If you asked a question last week, please wait until the first three questions have been asked before raising your hand. If you have a question, please click the raise hand icon. Anybody have a question? Melissa? Hi, everybody. Melissa, Composite So I'll ask, what do you do on a daily basis? And thank you so much for your share. It was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. Um, I have a, uh, a spiritual um, program that I work the first thing in the morning, the minute I am conscious after waking up in the morning, I'm still in bed. I say these words, um, my creator, oh, man, my mind just went blank. I, anyway, I say something like, your will, not mine today. Um, and then I have memorized a few prayers and they change over the, over the years. Used to be the first, second, and third step prayer and the serenity prayer. And now I say the um, 
seven step prayer, I say the 11 step upon awakening and uh, the 10 step prayer that I say every day, just kind of set my intentions for the day. And then I get out of bed. Oh, I know. My creator, I arise today to do thy will. That's what I say in the morning. I arise today to do thy will, not mine. And then I get up and then I make breakfast. And before I eat, I I do a little prayer and then I made up a little ditty that I made up. Thank you for this meal. Thank you for this day. Thank you for my life. Thank you for OA. And then I do a lot of a gratitude list and, oh no, I do a help me be a better list. I have two lists that I do. I have a help me be a better friend, fellow, family member, neighbor, sponsor, sponsee, worker, coworker, employer, employee, whatever, customer at the store today, whatever my role is going to be for that day. If I'm going to see my family, I specify mother, grandmother, mother-in-law, ex-mother-in-law, and then I say, please continue or help me be better servant of Overeaters Anonymous and then the clubs that I attend and some other things that I do in my life. And uh, then I give a gratitude for my higher power gratitude list. And then I ask for, then I pray for others and especially that they will be from whatever health problems they're going through. And right now I have five people on my list that I pray for every day. And um, then I get to eat my meal. And after my meal, I say thank you to my higher power for giving me another abstinent meal. And I uh, have been doing that for many, many years. And I, I find it really calming and it just calms me down and sets my intention for the day. And then at night, I do a 10th step inventory, which is 20-something questions that I have to fill out every day. And um, my favorite one is, where did I see God today? And that's something I never really considered before. Where did I see God today? And sometimes I have to think, but there's always a moment in the day where I see my higher powers work. It has nothing to do with me, nothing that I did. So I hope that answers your question. Ellie? Thank you, Jessica. I enjoyed hearing your share, as always, with humor and tears. So um, I have a number of questions, so I'll just start with one uh, to begin with. Um, there are some newcomers on the line, in the meeting rather. Based on your experience, what would you suggest that they do now? Newcomer? Newcomer. Yeah. I would suggest just keep coming back and just keep going to meetings. And even if it doesn't make any sense to you, which in the beginning, it didn't make any sense to me. I didn't even know what I was doing in the beginning for a long, many years. I just kept coming back and following directions and learning all the, all the prayers and reading the books and all that stuff, but that just comes in time. If you're struggling with food, just keep coming back. The answer is here and you'll find it. 
when you get desperate enough, I, I was desperate when I came to OA. I could not lose this weight. I was, I was trying to lose 50 pounds. And I had way more than 50 pounds of those, but I thought 50 was a nice round number. If I could just lose 50 pounds, I would be great. So I decided in January, January 1st, uh, I was going to lose, I had to go to my high school reunion and I was going to lose all this weight and before my high school, uh, not college reunion. And so January, I figured I divided 50, five months, like 10 pounds a month. Okay, I can do that. And I didn't start till May. So that didn't work. And then my life by that time was so unmanageable. I told my friends, I'm not coming to this reunion because I, I can't get off of work. I lied. I just lied. The truth of the reason was that this is how I know my life was unmanageable is I couldn't find anything to wear to this reunion because I was weighing 185 pounds and nothing looked any good on me. And I didn't like anything that I tried on. I tried. I did go try on clothes. So I just lied and said I can't come. And I didn't come to the the reunion. And they had a great time. All my friends were there. And then I got the picture of the reunion. They were all heavy. They were all fat. Everybody was overweight. I would have been right in the middle of all that company. And I deprived myself of that because of my vanity and my so-called need to be perfect. Um, But just keep coming back. That's all I can tell you. And don't expect too much of yourself. Just be easy on yourself. That's my answer to that question. I see another hand. Do you mind if I ask somebody else earlier? Annie? Yeah, I'm Annie. I'm a compulsive eater in New Jersey. Thank you, Jessica, so much. I think you just answered my question, though. Um, So you said you went up and down and up and down and you were able to lose weight. Did you ever get to a point where you just, you couldn't and it just kept going up and up your weight? You mean before OA? Yes. Yes. I was a yo-yo dieter for many, many, many years. And then when I was in my late 40s, I got injured and I couldn't exercise anymore. I was a dancer and I was always very active. I was a physical educator, you know, I I was an active person. And now I couldn't exercise and exercise was a big component of of my weight loss program. So without the exercise, not only could I not exercise, I was really depressed because I couldn't exercise anymore. And I had to have a hip replacement surgery at the age of 48, which I thought was very young. And, um, that put me into a tailspin. And I think I was in Jenny Craig at the time, which they kicked me out of, by the way, because I would buy the food and then I wouldn't eat the food. So then I didn't buy any more food. It's all about buying the food, not about losing weight. So, um, I just thought, I don't care anymore. I'm not dieting. This was my bright idea. My brightest idea that I ever had was don't diet anymore. Just do whatever you want. That got me up to 185 pounds. That was a decision that lasted 10 years. And, and during that time, I did a lot of damage in my body. That's my best thinking. This is why I can't run the show anymore. This is why I'm not in charge. I'm not the management system anymore. I leave it to my higher power. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Anybody else have a question? I think we still have a few more minutes. Ellie, you want to ask another question? 
Yes. Uh, would you talk about service and what it has done for oh, your... Thank you. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, the tools of the program, one of the tools is sponsorship. I forgot to even mention the tools. The tools are very important for me. Literature, I love the literature. And uh, I like action plan. That's a good one. Food, food plan is my favorite. And... Um, service, something that I did not go into willingly, I have to say. My idea of teamwork was that I get to tell you what to do and you do all the work. That's our team. So uh, be, be, being of service is the, probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Is I have, right now, currently, I have five sponsees and a food sponsee. And um, I take a service position at every meeting that I attend, not because I want to, but because I was directed to by a sponsor. And I share at most of the meetings that I attend, almost every week, we're allowed, the meetings are small, so we're allowed to share every week if we want to. Um, and I share because that helps somebody else. Because when I hear somebody else's share, I always get something from their share. Even if it's just a three-minute share. I never know what somebody's going to say that's going to go, ah, oh, yeah, that's what I needed to hear today. So I have, I, I love my sponsees. I guide them through the big book, the AA 12 and 12, the OA 12 and 12, and the workbook. So they come in there just hopping away, ready to go. And I'm like, yeah, well, you're going to have to slow down a little bit because it's going to take a while. We are in a marathon here. This is not a sprint. And um, they don't like it. But I know that that's what works. So I see another. That answer your question? Yes. Uh, iPhone Raj. Who's that? Hi. Uh, Raj, compulsive eater. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, people that are chronic relapsers like I am. Um, you know, I go one or two days and then I uh, overeat or binge and, you know, sugar and everything is uh, quite prominent and uh, I just uh, feel powerless. Uh, my weight's probably about 450 pounds and, you know, I've been up and down quite a bit and just uh, feel demoralized. So what do you suggest for somebody like me? Thank you. Uh, I do not have an experience of losing 100 pounds, so I cannot answer that entire question, but I appreciate the question. For me, I had to lose, I lost 70 pounds in this program, and I didn't think I could do it. I really never thought I would lose the weight. And so one day I stood at my mirror and I said to myself, I said, looked at myself in the mirror and I said, I love you exactly the way you are, no matter what you weigh, I love you. And that kind of changed my whole life because I was always judging myself about how I looked and what I looked like and the, my inability to stick to any kind of diet or food plan for more than a year. And, um, I have never relapsed in this program, so I cannot give you any experience on that. What I do know that is if I just follow my food plan every day, 
I'm in a lot better, have a lot better chance of recovering in this program if I just stick to my food plan. The food plan is really important to me. And as some people here know, I don't eat when I'm hungry. I eat by the time on the clock. I eat breakfast at a certain time, lunch at a certain time, and dinner at a certain time. If you say to me, are you hungry? I say, what time is it? Because I never know when I'm really hungry or when my mind is just telling me you need to eat something, which is most of the time. So I don't know if that would help, but um, that's about the best that I can do with that question. Um, Vincent? Yes, uh, thank you so much for your, for your share. What has the program done, if anything, uh, regarding to your uh, defects of character? What was the first part that you said? No, what has the program done to your defects of character? Well, that's a really great question because I I came into this program knowing really what my defects of character were. When I got to that step, I had a whole list long of defects of character, which I could do nothing about. And as somebody mentioned earlier, this is a three-tiered program. It's the three steps of the stool. Physical. Four minutes. You've got four minutes left. Sorry. Four. Okay. Food is food and weight is just one part of it. The physical. It's spiritual and emotional, and the spiritual kind of got a handle on that early in my program. The emotional, I was a wreck. I could not deal with human people because they are so imperfect, and. My idea of perfection is just so out of reach of reality. I had a therapist say, Jessica, you want everything to be perfect? And I go, what is wrong with that? Why wouldn't I want everything to be perfect? That sounds great to me. He said, you're, you're never going to achieve that. I'm like, well, that sucks. And But when I got to step seven, which is looking at your defects and asking your higher power six and seven to remove them. I thought that by writing the answers to the questions in the workbook, they were just going to be magically pulled out of my brain and I would have no defects by tomorrow. And I was very unhappy to find out that I had to do this every single day. I have to pray for that every day, which is why I say a seven step prayer every morning, because I know that, under my own steam, I'm liable to chop your head off without even thinking about it. And um, that doesn't work. That is not a successful plan. So I asked my higher power to remove my defects. I thought I had to do it. And then when I carefully read the step, it says, your higher power does that for you. I'm like, what? And I've been trying to do it all on my own. I can't do any of that. I just pray every day. I ask for help. I heard in a meeting somebody say, I was no opportunity to keep my mouth shut. Like, I'm still learning that one. I try not to open my mouth before at least like thinking about, my first step is a curse word, you. (laughs) It's like, that's my first thought. And I know that that's, I can't say that out loud. So then I I go for the second thought. I I have some control over the second thought. And I'm impatient, intolerant, judgmental, critical, uh, opinionated, and very, very vocal about my opinions. 
And these are things that I have had to ask for repeatedly over the years to have removed. And I would say now my relationships with my family and friends are so much better than they used to be because I'm not just pontificating all the time and I'm right and you're stupid. Um, that's all I have to say on that. I, how many minutes do I have left? One, two? You've got one minute. Okay, who do we have here? Heather, quickly. Hi, Heather, I'll make it quick. Um, long, long-term long -term abstinence, long-term maintaining this, the weight loss is hard. Um, I'm 60 pounds down, 20 years. It's, it's no, there's no joke, it's, it's hard to do that. Also, I'm getting older and things change and releasing fruit even from my diet is gonna be part of it because you know, health happens and age happens. And is there a question here? Is um, how do you how have you manage the waves of um, altering your food plan, altering your things, so you can maintain that healthy weight, and um, also releasing things as as we have to, you know, like uh, for health reasons and getting older. Just you know, like I now I, I want to I'm concerned about insulin intolerance, and so now it's like okay, time to even get rid of the get rid of the fruit. So the adjustments. Well, you know, I just do it one thing at a time. Yeah. One thing at a time. If I have to change my food plan, change it one item at a time and see how that works. My, my, my solution for that is if it works, keep doing it. If it doesn't work, stop doing it and try something else. It's just that's, that's time. time. Thanks for letting me share, everybody. Great questions. I appreciate them all.